Warning, this episode contains explicit content. Please proceed with caution. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Whiskey Sex Talk. We are your host, Romeo, Maria, and Kim. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about Indian whiskey. That is right, whiskey that is made in India. So, Kim, let's get started. Is whiskey new to India? Well, that's an interesting uh, subject, Romeo. It kind of depends on what you, how you define whiskey. So they've had whiskey. Uh, India has had uh, quite a long. Well, there are tr- some traditional beverages made in India, uh, arak, uh, which is made from the fermented juice of coconut sap, and um, feni, which is made from uh, you know, uh, let's see, cashew fruits, but. Uh, the whiskey that has been produced for a very long time in uh, India is something called um, Indian made foreign liquor. And that's they call it that because it's not a true whiskey as defined by uh, standards in America or Scotland or Ireland. Uh, it is that's because it's a mix of molasses spirits mm. and grain spirits. So it's almost a rum like product, but it's but it's, you know, called whiskey. And uh, so and so it can be admitted into Amer- America and uh, Europe, but under different categories. So that's that. But then uh, in 2000. Uh, four, there was the first whiskey, as we know, it was produced in India. You know, it's so funny that you meant you were you talked about the molasses because uh, I was gonna I was literally thinking that is not whiskey, and <laughs> forgive right. me for the lack of knowledge, but um, you know I know that this Indian whiskey is such a controversial topic just among people who know whiskey just because of the history, the whole thing with the molasses, and right. you know being admitted with like you know. I think there was an issue, right? Like uh, the EU did not want to accept like Indian whiskey as like quote unquote real whiskey and all of this. Right. Um, it's so fascinating. Uh, well, it's interesting. You know, when we talked about Japanese whiskey, we were talking about uh, how the Japanese were making, were trying to recreate whiskey, uh, you know, again, with spirits that were not, you know, ingredients that were not really, they didn't know how to distill whiskey. So and, you know, given the influence of rum and also gin in India, you know, kind of made sense that this is what they were trying until, you know, whiskey influence in uh, a global whiskey influence uh, really started to affect some of the distilleries. And again, you know, 2004, uh, you know, it was kind of like when the when the when whiskey, as we know it, started being distilled in, in Canada. Now, Kim, I heard you mention Fenny, and right. um, I actually lived in India for quite a while uh, back in the day. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's interesting you mentioned it because I would have more categorized that as 
a kind of maybe Indian vodka um, because it seemed like it resembles more vodka more, at least when you taste it and it's clear. But is that actually a, a type of whiskey? No, it's that's what I was saying. So uh, those are kind of traditional uh, beverages. So okay. they're not included in the um, Indian made foreign foreign liquor. IMFL as it's called. So those are traditional beverages, you know, they're, they're kind of, so, uh, and you're right, they're, they are kind of more vodka or gin like, uh, but so they are not included in this Indian made foreign liquor category, which is a mix of molasses spirits and grain spirits. So, yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Leads (laughs) me to my question actually, which is, Uh What whiskey category does Indian whiskey then uh, resemble most? Oh, good question. With, yeah. yeah, well, um, like uh, lo- like a lot of the whiskeys in what we call New World whiskeys. So we, you know, had talked about Australian whiskeys last week, and we've talked about Japanese whiskeys, and those are all kind of category categorized as New World whiskeys. And a lot of the New World whiskeys, I would say most of the New World whiskeys were patterned after Scotch, uh, Scotch mm-hmm. whiskey. So um, the first, uh, I mean, there are certainly differences, but the first uh, whiskey distillery in India, Amrut, uh, that was producing what we think of as as um, whiskey in the traditional sense, as opposed to you know, kind of this. Uh, you know, Indian made foreign liquor uh, is was Amrut. And they um, and it was basically made with barley, malted barley, distilled in pot stills. Um, so very, very traditional, um, uh, pro, you know, production methods, you know, compared to, you know, what the I mean, they were made often made at the same distilleries as these Indian made foreign liquors. But then a lot of them transferred, for instance, Amrut used to produce this India made foreign liquor. And then they switch to producing uh, whiskey as we know today, which is grains distilled in pots, grain only malted barley, um, and then aged in, you know, matured in, in wooden barrels. So um, I, you know what I find really fascinating that I believe I read was that like by 2022, India produced like many whiskeys for both the local market and which is the most lucrative market for whiskeys in the world and export. India's single malt compromised 15% of the local market in 2017, increasing to 33% in 2022. So in three years to 2022, the sales of Indian malt increased by an annual average of 42% compared to 7% of the import rivals. That is crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a huge market there, obviously, for whiskeys. And, you know, what's interesting, as I mentioned, you know, a lot of these distilleries were making, um, I mean, they were probably making most of the whiskey, you know, in the world, but it was all for, it was very rarely for export. And if it Mm -hmm. was, um, you know, it it basically, some of the exports were, it was basically consumed in country. So there was already a huge, uh, you know, market and a taste for whiskey. But in, you know, those those from 2017 to 2022, you know, there was part of that. What happened is there was kind of a expansion of consciousness, kind of that's that sounds a little too woo woo. But 
um, you know, young consumers were basically uh, getting into whiskey. They were getting into gin in kind of a traditional way and rum and as a, you know, an artisanal. So well, there were, so that was part of the, you know, the kind of rise in, in whiskey appreciation. I wonder how much of that percentage is actually, you know, con- you know, it's owed to COVID <laughs> because, you know, oh, very possibly. <laughs> uh, but here's what I want to know, because India is a very, I want to say tropical, warm uh, place and with this goes, this leads me to my next question. The Indian climate is very different, is what I want to say, from Scotland. How does that affect whiskey? Well, uh, that is, yeah, that that has basically given rise to um, Indian whiskey's kind of signature flavor. Uh, but um, so the main thing, the main thing that happens because of that climate, you know, it's very humid, uh, it's very hot. So the so the whiskey matures faster. So I think I've mentioned you know previous in previous um, uh, podcasts that the you know whiskeys when they're matured in a barrel, the barrel expands and contracts, mm-hmm. uh, and it breathes basically. I mean, you want some oxygen getting in there, and you want some you know either spirit or or water getting out. You know to uh, basically to promote that interaction with the wood, which flavors the whiskey. So in a very hot climate uh, like India's, uh, the whiskey matures much, much faster. Um, you know, it's estimated that one year in a Scot- you know, Scottish distillery is equal to three years in an Indian distillery. So it matures much faster. Um, oh. And it, yeah, wow. so it's just, yeah. And so that's, that's so like a four-year-old Indian whiskey is, you know, equivalent to like a 12-year-old whiskey, uh, Scotch whiskey. Oh, so shit. they're producing a lot. Yeah. No, that's awesome. It's it's almost like ideal. Do they, are yeah. there, uh, are, do these like distilleries that exist in, in India, um, do they prefer places near like fresh water, bodies of water, like riverbeds, you know, what kind of what you mentioned, what, you know, cause whiskey is all, it's all about the water. Right, right, right. Well, um, and how is the water, you know, quality in India? Because from what I have seen, it can get very murky in certain mm-hmm. places. I know right. there are places where the water is also very clean, surprisingly, but you know, on average, it's it's murky yeah. waters from what I know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we all know about some of the rivers. Uh, yes. so, <laughs> right. Well, I'll tell you, um, the the second uh, kind of most important Indian distillery is Paul John Distillery, uh, and that's in Goa, and which has very that's they have where a, I lived. Really? Oh, yeah. very fun. The party, the party island, so the party spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, it's it's not. Is it an island? Now I'm, I'm suddenly blanking. Is it an island? No, or no, no, it's not. It's just okay. along the coast. Oh, okay. Anyway, well, I know it's a big party spot, but uh, so Paul John opened up there and part of it was because they had a really, really lovely uh, water source. And then also kind of, you know, it's state to state. Uh, Indian whiskey is kind of taxed in different ways and there are different business climates, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so um, so I think a lot of craft distilleries are moving to Goa. But Paul John was one of the first they built they were also the first um, distillery to build a, a, a basically a visitor center where people could come and visit the distillery and take tours and, you know, as a as basically a tourist destination. Uh, and they make really amazing whiskeys. I mean, both Amrut and um, 
Paul John were anointed basically by the Scottish whiskey industries as, uh, you know, just being just really, really lovely. And they were kind of launched in the Scottish market because, you know, they figured, well, if it passes muster, you know, if it's if it works for Scottish, um, you know, consumers, then it'll work anywhere. Interesting. So how does the production of Indian whiskey then differ from other countries? Mm. Well, one of the main, uh, as I mentioned, the it, the production is fairly similar. Um, you know, they they batch in in single pot stills. Uh, but one of the, you know, and I mentioned the different how it differs is um, the the maturation, which you know takes yeah. uh, you know much less time. But one of the interesting things about Indian whiskey is um, they use six row barley, which is fairly uncommon. It's a, it's um, a, you know, kind of a prime grain in India. And part of it is they are trying to use local products, local grain, local water, but that six row barley, it's a little harder to work with. Most most uh, distillers like to use two grain barley because it's just more uniform. It's more consistent. Um, you know, it's easier to work with. But that six grain barley produces kind of an oiliness, which sounds like it would be weird, but it's a beautiful mouthfeel, uh, which when you, you know, which adds some depth. Uh, you know, to the whiskey. So I would say that's a prime. I mean, there are definitely distillers who use six grain barley, some uh, um, bourbon distillers, for instance, and or, you know, distillers in America. But that six grain barley um, is really a kind of a signature element of uh, Indian whiskey production. Otherwise, it's like pot stills, it's maturation, the maturation is faster. Um, sometimes they use stainless steel uh, stills instead of the copper stills. But uh, but the the production is mainly the same. So I would say the barley and then the maturation uh, are the two elements that are the most different. That's very controversial. I was going to say the you're talking about the barley, considering that you know India's using like prime. What did you say? Prime barley, right? Is that what you Six said? Grain Six barley. grain. Yes. Six uh, grain barley, right? Uh, yeah. To produce whiskey, when let's face it, the country is there's a lot of hungry. Uh, people in the country so it's like it's i've read a little bit about it and and that's something that i guess uh certain people will frown upon like you're using all this grain to make whiskey which is interesting because like i mentioned before you know india is the biggest like consumer of whiskey in the world and people don't know that um and they make the most whiskey in the world even though it's not all whiskey as we know it. Right. So. And that's so, it's, it's so fascinating. Now that's he, fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So here is, um, my thing, does Indian whiskey have a dominant style? Well, the, you know, the, the goal I think for any whiskey, if, especially if they're emulating Scottish whiskey is to kind of go for that kind of a flavor profile, but because of the climate, there is generally speaking a more tropical feel, I would say, to Indian whiskeys, um, even though they use uh, peat, you know, imported from Scotland, like, um, you know, you know, a lot of uh, like a lot of uh, places do, you know, they import peat from Scotland and Japanese whiskey. Uh, we talked about uh, Australian whiskey last week, all, you know, all of them imported uh, peat from Scotland. Well, I mean, uh, Tasmanian whiskey, as we mentioned, you know, they found their peat bogs uh, in the highlands. But um, so 
like Paul John, for instance, has a variety of peated and unpeated whiskeys. So that is, um, you know, that's that's a little different. But still, the styles are very tropical. They're very kind of light. They're kind of bright. Um, and, uh, you know, there are kind of tropical flavors of fruit. I mean, oh. I would say if you compare them to Scottish whiskeys, they're probably more like a Highland or a Speyside whiskey. Oh, so nice. on the lighter, yeah, lighter side of whiskey, as opposed to, um, Isla or, you know, some of the, you know, kind of heavier, uh, Highland whiskeys. So, or, or Campbellton. Sign me up. I love all those like tropical flavors. I love. Like, I know that. me too. They're so delicious. <laughs> it's so, you know, it's, it's, I, th- I love all that fruity tropical for me. It's just my palate loves that. Um, mm-hmm. I know that Maria likes more like the, the peated type yeah, of, uh, and I think Kim does too. From what... Yes, I do. Yes. High five, Maria. I don't get that. <laughs> from I'm... continent to continent. Uh... Well, it's not to say that I don't like some of the sweeter ones, but still, the sweeter ones that I do like, they still tend to be more peated right. than, than some of the less peated whiskeys. So I guess, yeah, Pete is my friend. I yes, like Pete. Me, yeah, me too. I like Pete. I, you know what, <laughs> Maria, I, uh, when I first started drinking whiskey, I, I uh, you know, the first time I t- tasted a peated whiskey, I was like, this is going to be my whiskey boyfriend forever. And it still <laughs> remains <laughs> decades later. That's so. great. I'm going to use that. Pete is my whiskey boyfriend. That, you know, <laughs> let's make a shirt, a whiskey sex talk shirt that says that. That's actually a cool yeah. shirt. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah well, That'll we'll, be we'll a wear cool them. shirt. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what, uh, Maria, I mean, if you like tropical and, and peated whiskey, I mean, you should try actually some of the Paul John whiskeys because you would, I think you would really like it. Uh, also Amrut Fusion, you know, is, is a whiskey that, uh, you know, combines peated whiskeys and then, you know, kind of the more fruity, but they're not like super sweet. That's what's interesting. I mean, I don't always like a light whiskey, but, and I think it's personally, I think it's because of that oiliness of the six row barley. Mm. It it has complexity and it has more depth than you would, you know, kind of expect from a light tropical whiskey. I mean, I think people, you know, it is a great summer sipper. Those whiskeys are great summer sippers for, you know, those of us who uh, aren't where it's not sunny all the time, but um but yeah, I mean, I think they're they're also accessible to, you know, kind of whiskey drinkers who prefer a, kind of a more solid style. So, Kim, I have a quick question and I, 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 hopefully you can clarify this uh, for us because I, I, I'm really trying to understand this. What's this whole trade controversy with India and, you know, uh, all these tariffs, uh, tariff barriers? Well, you know, I'm not sure if I can completely explain that myself. Are you talking about between the, you know, uh, India and other countries? Or are you talking about in internally with India? Yeah, because I read that like the consumption of like native distilled like molasses based whiskey in India is encouraged. Like they have a tariff barrier of up 250 percent that imposes a, a, like a significant makeup on on imported whiskeys in India. So I I was trying to understand like all of that because I I kind of find it a little bit. I want to say discriminatory or just, I don't know. I just find it's not, I find that it's really, really crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, they're, they, they were trying to protect, you know, protect, uh, you know, their own product, obviously. And then they kind of lessened that. I mean, I'm not um, trying to remember when it was, uh, but they, they were not taxing as much. However, 
Um, the state by state uh, rules are, you know, I think I was mentioning earlier, a lot of craft distilleries uh, in India have moved to Goa because yeah. it's just more, it's not only the climate and the water, but it's just conducive, more conducive to business. And, you know, that's basically the same thing as here in the U.S. I mean, there are states, Tennessee, for instance, uh, was very, very dry for many, many years. I mean, you know, we've talked about that. Prohibition lasted longer there than almost any other. I think they may have been the longest, you know, and it was just so different rules are different states uh, for different states. So but Goa tends to be, you know, kind of very um, welcoming to to new businesses. But so is that what you were talking about, Romeo, or were you talking about internationally? No, I I think that's that's pretty much it, because I I read somewhere that like the Indian like distilleries accused the European Union of of, like erecting its own sort of trade barriers by means of rule. That forbid oh, like the marketing of molasses-based spirits as whiskey. I mean, but you kind of yeah. covered it. Well, yeah, I think that's for. I mean, I think that's partly because uh, of the record, the thought that the Indian-made foreign liquor is not a whiskey per se. Mm-hmm. But then I think there's, you know, that there was. I, I think the uh, that taxation was uh, was lowered quite a bit. I mean, it, it, it's not quite as onerous. Mm-hmm. And well, you had already mentioned um, that some of the Indian craft distilleries are moving to Goa. So we know that India does have craft distilleries. Are there any other ones? You mentioned Paul John, right? Pa- that- Paul John. Yeah, I would say that is uh, would be considered a major Indian distillery. You know, so it would be, uh, you know, along the lines of, um, I mean, a big legitimate distillery like uh George Dickel or something in the U.S. So I mean, it's 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 a player. Um, uh, another uh, so Amrut and Paul John are kind of the two dominant players in the whiskey industry. Uh, and then a, a relative newcomer, although again, I wouldn't really say they are a, a craft distillery because they have international backing. Is Indri Indian whiskey? They have something called Trini, and it's you know um, aged in three different kinds of casks. Interestingly, they are mature in the uh, basically near the Himalayas, which Ooh. I think is fascinating. That's awesome. I, know, so I love the sound of that. <laughs> I know. Really, really, uh, really delicious whiskey. I would highly encourage that. But I would say that's kind of a third player. Uh, it's kind of akin to in Japanese whiskey. We, you know, we talked about Suntory mm-hmm. and we talked about Nika and then um, Mars was kind of a, a distant third. So I would say Indri is kind of a newcomer, but it's a big player. So some of the interesting, the craft distilleries um, are more along the, I would say they focus more on spirits that are uh, more easily brought to market that don't require maturation. So that well, would be, you know, I think we've talked about this before. Um, vodka, gin yeah. is a big distillery, you know, is a big product in um, India. Obviously, the gin and tonic was basically invented there by, you know, colonials. And um, also rum, which is, you know, can or cannot be um, matured. So there's, you know, some interesting distilleries out there. One one of the really interesting craft distilleries um, is uh, NOAA, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, NOA, Spirits and Beverages. And that was started in 2016 uh, by Anand Vermani and his wife Aparahita Ninan. And so they're focusing on gins, uh, but it's interesting. Um, 
Anand worked for William Grant, a scotch company for a number of years. But I my and I've heard that they are making whiskey in addition to gin. So but I haven't heard anything about future plans to release those gins. Um, And, uh, you know, they actually had a very kind of big deal gin consultant, Dr. Ann Brock, who is the uh, master distiller for Bombay Sapphire. But um, so I think they are the people who may be most likely um, a craft distillery that's most likely to start producing whiskey. Everything else, I would say, in terms of craft distilleries are mainly gin, vodka and rum and uh, so, and not that many small craft distilleries in terms of whiskey. It's just, you know, that that uh, having to put the whiskey into barrels, just you're basically putting money into barrels. So unless you have really, really deep pockets or you know you've got a pipeline, you know, into production and and release in, you know, globally, it's very hard to kind of go, okay, I'm just going to justify, you know, putting whiskey in a barrel for four years and not selling it. So, you, you know, a lot of a lot of craft distilleries start out with those easy to produce right, right, you know right. products gin produce right away vodka rum maybe you age it a little maybe you don't but you don't have to every every country has its unique history but i'm just so fascinated by like uh from like the history to the like you know the flavor profiling to like their process and everything now here's what i want to know can you talk about women in indian whiskey industry well, very interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say uh, India. Uh, well, they they do have some very prominent women uh, in in spirits brands. Uh, Ipsita Das became the managing director in India for Moy Hennessy, which is you know huge big deal. That was in twenty twenty one. Also, Hina Nagar. I'm going to mangle this last name. I apologize. Nagarahan uh, is a member of uh, Diageo's Global Executive Committee, and she's a regional president uh, role as the managing director of United Spirits Limited, which is, you know, the Indian um, subsidiary of Diageo, which is, you know, the global a global giant. So um, so we, you know, two women who are in very, very prominent uh, management roles and executive roles. Um, there are not a lot of women, though, who are, uh, th- to my knowledge, there are no whiskey distil- distillers. Mm-hmm. So um, there are, I mentioned um, uh, Noah just Spirits uh, you know, and Beverages. So, you know, that was co-founded by a woman. Uh, but the craft distilleries, basically women in uh, distilling are in the craft, uh, you know, are in gin, uh, rum, vodka. Uh, so there's a, uh, woman named, uh, two women named Ahali Shahi and, uh, Lavania, uh, Jaya Shankar, and they are the distiller blender and then handling the creatives for matinee gin. So they're, you know, that's a gin brand. Um, Varna Bhatt, who is a branding expert, she launched, uh, infused Rahasia vodka, uh, and, you know, again, very easy to get out. Uh, but they're, what these women are trying to do is focus on, um, Indian flavors. They're really, instead of oh. like, okay, gin, you know, juniper berries from, for instance, with gin, juniper berries from India. And even though, you know, some kind of traditional Indian spices are used like cardamom and coriander, you know, they're trying to bring in really new, uh, and interesting, um, and you know, what, flavors and yeah, go ahead. When you mean by that, do you mean like the flavor profiles like they're trying to introduce? I, yes. I love and, that. And, 
I, I, yeah, and spices, you know, indigenous spiciness. Nice. So, I'm sorry, go ahead, Romeo. No, I was going to say, I love it because, like, I feel like Indian whiskey, like you said it earlier, tends to be, like, from what you were saying, it's they're fruitier than other countries, like, malt. And, and they, they're also, like, very sweet. Like, for example, I think you mentioned, like, the bog notes of caramel and mm-hmm. vanilla. And not to mention, like, India has, like, very, very, like, exotic foods that you do not find in, like, you know, right. Scotland. You know, they got mango, bananas, pineapple. So, right. like, I, I love, yeah. yeah, I love all of that because it just, it's a, it's not, it's not that it's a game changer, but it, it, it kind of, it is a game changer, but it's something different that we haven't seen and that should be taken into consideration if I said that correctly. <laughs> Right, right, right. And, you know, one interesting thing, and this, I feel like if anybody's going to be making whiskey, uh, it's a woman named Katsuri Banerjee, and she was a banker turned blender. And she's focusing on rum, her, it's Makazai rum. And she specifically launched it, that product rum, because she felt like it would appeal to whiskey, whiskey drinkers, you know, kind of crossover uh, appeal to whiskey drinkers, uh, just because, you know, sometimes it's age. So I, I'm hoping that, Fingers crossed that maybe she moves into uh, whiskey production. Well, I love that thought process that goes behind it because, like, you know, it, it's very intimidating and whiskey is not for everybody. You know, you guys like the peated, like you and uh, <laughs> Kim and, and Maria. For me, that's too strong. This is why one of my, I, my, I think we talked about this in the shows before, uh, that my, one of my favorite is bourbon. I love bourbon just because of, of its the, the flavor profiles, very, it's just sweeter. That's very American. <laughs> yeah, I just, it's very I, American. I just, I, you know, I, for me, I just love it. To me, it's just, I love that, I don't know, that caramel note, all those yeah. flavor profiles mm-hmm. and those notes. I just love it. I, it's my thing. <clears throat> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, obviously bourbon is hugely loved. And if you, you know, the thing is, and this is probably true for you, Maria, is I started on Scotch whiskey. And so you get a taste for that specifically. So, uh, so when I came to bourbon, it was like, this is pretty sweet. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Well, and it's because of that corn. So, you know, well, which is a sweeter grain. And, you know, and that's the thing. That's what I want to say about what I wanted to really say about the uh, uh, Indian whiskey is that, it's easier on like the palate, I guess. Or it's so people who are getting introduced. This is a good, I, I, in my opinion, it's a good whiskey to start off, especially if you don't want like those strong flavor profiles. It's an, it's yeah. a really a go to thing that it's not. People are gonna be like, "Wow, that's that's whiskey," you know. Like I could only oh. imagine people saying that. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's it's um, Indian. The category of Indian whiskey, I. If you're if you're new to whiskey, I would say that's a good category to start with. You know, it's yeah. it's it's light, but it's not pallid. You know, it's not insipid at right. in any way. There's depth. There's a good uh, mouthfeel because of that oiliness, because of the grain. It's definitely, you know, kind of good categories uh, to start with. Um, John Paul Brilliance is literally a brilliant whiskey to start with. Um, <laughs> Indri, the Trini is, you know, the triple cask uh, matured. So, I mean, you know, I, I would say anything you can pretty much pretty much can't go wrong with Amrut, Paul John oh, or yeah. Trini whiskeys. I mean, anything from them. I mean, you want to check to make sure if you're not a peated fan, check to make sure it's not peated. But um, otherwise, I would say those, especially now during summer with this hot weather, everybody seems to be, you know, uh, having uh, they're they're excellent summer sippers right. and around the, you know, and around the year, too. So. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today. We are your hosts, Romeo, Maria, and Kim. Till next time.